0: The EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by the $500 SGPN Fantasy Premier League Mini League for your chance to win five this season. All you need to do is check out the pin tweet at the Twitter account at Soccer. That's at Soccer. We'll support you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use your promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with the promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for your chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store today. You are listening to the first regular EPL show of the 2021 22 season here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at S G P soccer. You can also check out my website for all my other content, lockbetting.com. That's going to be the home of European football this season for the Bundesliga and the league and all the other leagues, of course, on the European show podcast, the crown jewel of lockbetting.com, a service that delivered 98 months in a row of transparent track profit. That's right. For over eight years I've not had a single losing month and I will be moving on to 99 months of profit at the end of this month. We've had a blistering end to the Olympics and Euro 2020. So that looks like it's in the bank, barring a disaster now that the soccer season, the domestic soccer season has returned. Uh, this is the best time to sign up. It's the start of our financial year and we make it the start of our financial year, August to August, because we put out most of our futures plays. We have a 79.6% percent, percent hit rate on the future. Futures, and we are putting out all of our soccer futures this week, along with our NFL futures at the end of the month. And then at the start of September, the Champions League futures as well. So you want to get involved with those 79.6% hit rate now. I understand a lot of people don't like futures. They don't play futures. In fact, the books take a large majority of their money on futures from fans who are just throwing down 20 bucks, 50 bucks, maybe 100 bucks on their team to win the World Series, to win the NBA championship, to win the Super Bowl. These are fan bets that are laid down in hope. Not a lot of people are doing extensive research to take advantage of this market that isn't wholly affected by by underdog winners as much as sports are on a week-to-week basis. People like them, money fast. Therefore, they leave themselves susceptible to uh, data alterations and underdog winners and and basically just being hurt by, by weekly upsets or weekly situations that they did not see, see arising based on the statistical data that they analysed. That, that's how bookies make their money on a week-to-week basis. If someone comes in and properly analyses futures and does a good job of it on a regular basis, then it can be a solid investment, which we have proven with our 79.6% win rate over the course of the last eight years. So There is no better time to sign up, especially when you're looking at that 79.6% record and for us putting a large majority of our futures out for the entire year across the next six weeks when you're looking at the EPL, uh, the Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A all coming up this week. Then the NFL ones at the end of the season, mostly for the regular season. So a 17-week 17, seventeen week wait for those returns, but it shouldn't be an issue. That shouldn't be something that you're thinking about. You should have extra money on your bankroll this month in order to make those futures investments and still be able to bet the regular players throughout the rest of the month. So lockbetting.com to make yourself some money here. Get involved. 98 months in a row, soon to be 99, and we'll be chasing that 100th month in a row in September. So let's have a look at this EPL card that actually begins tonight. So do not get caught off guard with the EPL season starting tonight. Therefore, you need to get your fantasy teams in today. Today is the deadline, 6pm today, to win that 5 Hundred dollars Now you can still enter afterwards, but you'll lose an entire week of points. You could be 40 to 80 points behind the leader already. So if you want to have a real chance of winning that $500 that the SGPN are putting up free with the SGPN Mini League, enter today before 6pm. All of the information is on the pinned tweet at the Twitter account, at Soccer. That's at SGPSoccer. $500 cash prize, free entry, $100 worth of SGPN merch. And this isn't any old shit merch that we've cheaply knocked up together. When we say $100, you'll go on a website and you'll pick stuff from Under Armour, from Badger, from North Face, from Nike. It's real legit stuff that you are going to want to wear. And we're giving away that stuff on a monthly basis to the winner of each month $30 worth of merch each month $100 for the runner up and $500 Straight up cash to the winner here and it 's free entry. Go to the pin tweet at sgp soccer that 's at SGP soccer. you have until six p m to get points on week one. You can still enter afterwards if you choose to, but you will be behind. you will have no points for week one so it 's not a case of missing the first game and getting in in time for the games tomorrow. The scoring begins, and the deadline cuts you off an hour before Brentford versus Arsenal so you 'll be out. For week one, it doesn't matter if you get your team in in time for Man U versus Leeds tomorrow, you won't be able to point score for the first week. So as I said, deadline today, 6pm, get your teams in by then. The SGP and Mini League, all the information, the, the sign up link is at the Twitter account, at SGP Soccer. So let's begin with this opening game, this Friday night game, features newly promoted Brentford hosting Arsenal here. It's 10-3 on Brentford, it's 11-4 on the draw, and it's 4-5 on Arsenal here. This is an interesting one, because I do expect Brentford to do okay this season. I expect them to be the the one team that came up who may not go back down. And there's more on this over on the EPL Season Preview Part 2 where my lock was actually a relegation lock this year, two-unit relegation lock. So go back and listen to that if you get the chance. But Brentford aren't one of the teams I'm expecting to go down. This is a Brentford team who are unbeaten at home since Valentine's Day in competitive football, winning six and drawing four of their games since then. In Ivan Tony, they have a player who blasted in 33 goals in 48 championship appearances for Brentford last season. And Arsenal here, they're a team that only won 18 of their 38 top-flight matches last season. So that was why Arsenal fared so poorly in the league. This is a Brentford team that fails to score in just five of their 24 home league games last season. And six of Brentford's last seven home league games have actually featured fewer than three goals. So this could be a tight affair And in a tight affair, you would think that Arsenal would have the moment of quality. But there's so many question marks here about the players. Aubameyang was so poor last season, and he's been poor in pre-season. It's not like he's come in from his rest and come in in pre-season and looked on fire. He's had a relatively poor, 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 a pretty poor, poor, oh my goodness, a pretty poor pre-season as of Arsenal in general. So... I'm not looking at Arsenal here to be a team that get off to a fiery start, much like they did last season against Fulham. I think Brentford could catch them off guard here. I think they can catch them off the back of a a bad preseason. Fans are going to be back as well, so this isn't going to be the empty Fulham ground that they played at last season. This is going to be a bunch of bees fans that have been dying to get into the Premier League. It's going to be a hostile atmosphere. Um, It's still a championship ground at the end of the day, so when you're watching this game, you're not going to see a spectacular Premier League stadium. You're going to see Arsenal... Arsenal going to a championship ground against players with, you know, a championship mentality in terms of tackling hard, making it very difficult, grabbing onto Arsenal shirts, not giving them a lot of space, not giving them time on the ball. So this may be something where... We see Brentford run out of steam later on in the season, but I think these players are going to be fully energised at the start of the season, fully committed to the press. Um, their home ground is going to be a, an intimidating atmosphere off the back. And I think this is a difficult game for Arsenal to to start with, going away to a newly promoted team. Obviously, hopes are a lot higher here on the opening day of the season for all teams, and Brentford aren't currently in a position where they're rooted to the to bottom half and, and just looking to survive. That isn't the case at the moment. They're going to be very very, very ambitious and very, very much looking forward to this game. And they'll fancy their chances against Arsenal because for them, this isn't the most difficult team you could have faced. Arsenal haven't been regulars in the top six for a while. They haven't been in the Champions League for for a long time. So I I fancy Brentford to get something here. I'm going to take Brentford on the double chance market here at Even Money to avoid a defeat in this one and pick up something from their opener here against Arsenal at home here on Friday night. Up next, we move to the Saturday morning kickoff. This is one of the two games that I'll be attending this weekend. I will be going to Manchester United versus Leeds. I'll be setting off shortly uh, for a week, for a couple of days in Manchester. And then I'll be leaving Manchester and trying to get straight to Tottenham versus Manchester City in London. So London to Manchester, or rather Essex to Manchester, and then Manchester to London for the Tottenham game. That is my schedule this weekend very much looking forward to football being back with crowds. I actually have 10 games booked up already. If you're looking at my Twitter account, you've already seen that I've been to a couple last weekend, um, the Community Shield and a Tottenham Arsenal friendly where my my son got to meet Nuno Espirito Santo and uh, and Michael Dawson. So yeah, that's all on my Twitter account. So yeah, I'll be going up and down the country for the next three months. And then again for the next uh, three months after that, I'll be continuing to Get to as many games as I possibly can because I'm a real soccer fan and I'm a real soccer capper. Uh, I'm not like these um, these frauds that only watch soccer when there's no other sports on to to bet on 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 Twitter. So this is one of the games I'm going to at Old Trafford. United leeds United are the eight to fifteen favourites to win this game. That was previously one to two. It's seven to two on the draw, and it's nineteen to four on Leeds. Loads and loads of hope for Man U this season. Some very good signings in positions where they needed them in Varane and Sancho. So I still think they could do with, with a couple more. Uh, there are questions about that right back position. We have been linked to Kieran Trippier. And uh, I still think this team desperately need a world class uh, 50 million plus holding midfield player. I, I'm not totally convinced with Fred and McTominay. And I'm even actually less convinced when we play um, two uh, more attack minded midfielders when Pogba moves further up and plays alongside Fernandes, and then we're only left with one because that makes it an even more difficult task for one of Fred or Scott McTominay, especially when I don't wholly rate them as defensive, as, as world class defensive midfielders. I rate them as defensive midfielders just not a defensive midfielder that could be in a Manchester United team with ambitions to win the league. In previous years, you could have got away with it. Not always have Man United's holding midfielders been world-class. Like over the years, we've had Carrick, Fletcher, Anderson playing in those positions. I wouldn't say any of those players are are world-class. I know I'm going to get arguments from people on Michael Carrick, but for me, he wasn't Roy Keane. Um, And and since Roy Keane, I don't think we've had that world-class holding midfielder, but we've been able to get away with it. Because at times the leagues have been weaker than this. This league at the moment is at its strongest. Because of the TV money, every single team in the top four, or or even if you should even include Tottenham in that conversation, should be able to drop £100 million on a player if they choose to. For some reason, Liverpool choose not to. I don't understand that. And for me... I don't see them as a contender this year. Again, more of that on part two of the season preview. But Man United, despite the fact they, they should be contenders this year, and I think they're going to have a good season. I think the signings will work. Those signings are not here for this game. They are still either chasing up work permits or or have issues with COVID protocols, which is with the issue with Varane, or they're not fit yet because they haven't had any football like Sancho. who's probably going to come off the bench and... There are other players here that have played in the Euros that have only endured half a preseason. I'm talking about the likes of Maguire and Luke Short. And this Leeds team will be fully fit. In fact, this Leeds team already are the team that run more kilometres than any team in the Premier League anyway. So if you're coming into this game with any kind of fitness issues and you're coming up against the, the fittest team in the Premier League anyway, who haven't had a whole plethora of players that have gone to the Euros or the Copa America, this is a very, very difficult game for Manchester United to start with here. Um, if you look at the statistical data for for this game, I'm not going to weigh too much into it. In fact, data is going to be as irrelevant as it has ever been here for this particular week because we're trying to use data from last season for a brand new Premier League season. Notoriously, that doesn't work, but it's still my job to find it. Uh, seven of Man United's last nine Premier League games have produced at least three goals, with Man United... Manchester United averaged 1.92 goals per game in the top flight last season. Um, Mason Greenwood comes into this having scored six goals in his last eight Premier League appearances, but he also had a hot start to the end of the previous season and started last season poorly. So that's where data can sometimes be a little bit skewed, especially when you're looking at a fresh season. Uh, Three of Leeds' last four Premier League games have produced over three and a half goals, but again, uh, those games all at the end of last season, and Manchester United conceded at least one goal in fifteen of their twenty one league wins last season. so again, that one is more appropriate data because it looks over at the long haul as opposed to uh, a period of the of leeds' last, uh, three of Leeds' last four premier league games so looking at what I think will happen here, I think Manchester United will struggle. I think if manchester United. Come away with a win here tomorrow. That will be an absolutely fantastic result against a very fit and energised Leeds who've had a full pre-season. I can see Manchester United being very tired here in the closing stages. Or in fact, it could go the other way where Manchester United are, are, are looking a little bit more sluggish than Leeds because they're not as fit. And uh, the bench players that Manchester United bring in with their more loaded bench, which is likely to contain Cavani and Sancho, adds a little bit more to the game. But it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Manchester United could be in a negative position in that point, either either chasing a win or even down in this game. So I'm really looking at this as a very, very difficult start for Man United. I'm going to take leads on the plus 1.5 handicap here. So... You can take Leeds plus one, that will give you plus money here or it give you even money in places. I'm going to be a little bit more safe and I'm going to take Leeds plus 1.5 here. That's available at four to six. Um, I don't want this to cash for you. I want to sit there at Old Trafford and watch my team just start unbelievably and uh, and get off to a win with a flying scoreline and and a and a big victory over a Leeds team who had a fitness advantage over us that'll put us in good stead to really chase this title but i would take a 1-0 i would take a 2-1 at the moment i i just don't want manchester united to start with a home defeat like they did against palace last season and that could really happen when you look at the the situation here, coming up against the Leeds team with a full preseason, very good players that already finished in the top half. And Manchester United not been able to play a lot of their stars here. Rashford's out with shoulder surgery. Uh, Sancho's not available as yet. Cavani's not available to start as of yet. That's a whole front line gone. That's... Um, a big thing that we wanted to address and we're going in here with uh, Martial Greenwood and one of either Lingard or James. So for me that's not ideal going into this game against Leeds. So Leeds plus 1.5 will be the play here for this one. Up next look at Burnley and Brighton where Burnley are available at 21 to 10. It's 21 to 10 the draw and it's 6 to 4 here on Brighton. I don't weigh too much into expected goals or anything like that. But if this Brighton team do start the way that they that they played throughout most of last season, you have to think they're able to pick up a win here. This is a burly team. That notoriously start seasons slow and then start to to pick up points when they start to get into trouble and always find a way to perform Houdini acts to get themselves out of the situation, looking at the data from the end of last season, this is Burlington that lost seven of their last nine Premier League games, however, they were pretty much safe by that point. Uh, It wasn't looking like Fulham were going to do anything to survive. More importantly, this Brighton team are unbeaten against Burnley in their last four meetings and Burnley lost to nil in each of their final three top flight league games last season. The Brighton one, I think, is the most important stat that sticks out here. The fact that Brighton are finding it very easy to beat this Burnley team. Brighton have scored the opening goal in three of the last four Premier League meetings with this opponent and six of Brighton's last eight Premier League games have actually ended with under two and a half goals. So it would not surprise me to see under two and a half goals here in this game that because It will be probably relatively cagey with Brighton dominating the ball. But I expect Brighton to look good here. Uh, I don't think Brighton will be in any way, in any kind of relegation trouble. There are teams with bigger issues. Crystal Palace have a lot of players that... um, that are coming near the end of their contract. They're a little bit unstable. They've also taken the risk in putting Patrick Vieira in charge of their team. Uh, you're looking at all of the all of the three teams that came up. They don't look to fully... They don't look to, or seem fully equipped to stay up in the league this season. I'll be surprised if any of them do. I'm giving Brentford the best chance. Southampton have sold a lot of players. When you sell Ings and Westergaard and you may be looking to sell Ward-Prowse, you're going to be in trouble this season. Newcastle and Newcastle, although I don't think that they'll be down there this season... Now- and, and Burnley always seem to ride their luck, but um, are they going to be able to continue to do that without significant ads? They've got new ownership, but I haven't seen any significant signings from Burnley that say we're definitely not going to be in a relegation race this season. But one team I don't think will be will be Brighton and i like them to start with a win here. I'm taking Brighton as a pick here at seven to ten to start with the away win here at Burnley in this one. Up next, we look at Everton at home to Southampton, who we just talked about, a team who have let a lot of players go. And um, I think it will be very difficult for Southampton to avoid a relegation race this season. Everton are the even-money favourites to win this game on the money line. It's 13-5 to the draw, and it's 16-5 to here on the Saints. Everton have been very inconsistent. Last time I saw Everton play was a friendly against Man U, and they got battered 4-0. But I do like them to start with a win here against Southampton. Southampton lost 10 of the last 11 Premier League away games. If you remember, they were the worst informed team at the end of last season. Even worse than Sheffield United at that point. I do believe they ended up just taking them over. I'm talking about 2021 form. In the 2021 league table, when we're just looking about 2021, Southampton were bottom for a while. Um, even worse than Sheffield United. And, and they were definitely in the bottom two at the end. Uh, The Saints have conceded at least two goals in nine of these 11 trips. And Everton are unbeaten in 16 home games against Southampton, winning 11 of them. Now, Everton were horrendous at home last season. But they didn't have the terrible season that people are saying. Uh, They did fall away. But they were very much up there, challenging for the top four until the final four four or five games. And then they just fell to pieces. This is a team that did very well, particularly on the road. Now their home fans return, I expect that um, Everton are going to be a little bit better here, especially under new management. This is Rafa Benitez's first game in charge. Uh, Southampton have failed to keep a clean sheet in their last five Premier League away games. And Everton have bagged the first goal in six of their last eight home games against this opponent, Southampton. So I think this is going to be a home win. I'm going to take Everton here to, to win this game on the money line. And that should be available for you at a roundabout even money here for this one. Up next, we're going to look at Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. Um, actually running through the... Uh, Alphabetical order. I can see I missed this game. It's supposed to go before Everton. Um, never mind. Um, Chelsea home Crystal Palace. It's Chelsea as the two to nine favourite here. It's nineteen to four the draw, and it's twelve to one on Palace. Now, over the course of the of the full season, I expect Crystal Palace to struggle. I expect Crystal Palace to be involved in a relegation fight. Uh, I'm not wholly convinced by the appointment of Patrick Vieira. So let me say that first before I make my play here on this game. This still looks like a very difficult game for Chelsea coming off the back of just playing that Super Cup uh, in a game where they've already lost Ziyech and, um, and, and didn't look like they were 100% fit. They, they, they fell away in the second half in that game, which allowed Villarreal, who aren't a team that are known for, for making great comebacks, come back into that game and get the equaliser. And Villarreal really should have won, but Chelsea had a burst of fitness somehow in the, in the extra time period and were more dominant in that. But to what effect? What detriment is that going to have on Chelsea now coming into this game, a Premier League game in a Premier League season where they're expected to be challengers for the Premier League? Looking at the data here, it's very much against Palace. They lost to Neil 11 times in the Premier League season last season. It's a Chelsea team that obviously defended brilliantly under Tuchel. They conceded 17 goals in 31 competitive games since Tuchel was appointed. And Crystal Palace lost six of their final eight Premier League games last season. Looking further on, uh, Chelsea have won their last seven Premier League games with, with Crystal Palace. And Palace have won four of the last eight home league matches. Oh, sorry, Chelsea won eight, uh, four of the last eight home league matches by exactly a two-nil scoreline. So I was eyeing that up, and that was all circled for me to take Chelsea here to win this game by, by, by a two-nil scoreline for Chelsea to win to nil. Chelsea in under four and a half goals. All of these plays stuck out, but I'm a little bit worried about those off the back of seeing what I saw in midweek. So. I still am going to take Chelsea and under four and a half goals, but at the same time, I see a lot of value in Crystal Palace on the plus 1.5 handicap to avoid getting beaten by two goals here. I just don't see a two goal Chelsea win. What I certainly don't see. Is Chelsea coming out here and putting up a convincing title where you're where you're under four and a half goals is in any kind of danger here? So my first my first lean here is going to be Chelsea in under four and a half goals. But I do I do also lean towards Crystal Palace avoiding a two-goal defeat here. So Palace one po- plus one point five here on the Asian handicap market. Um you can actually take that up to Crystal Palace plus two, and that gives you four to six. That pushes if Chelsea win on two goals. If I think if you're going to play Chelsea under four and a half goals and you really are going to double dip, that's the best way to play it because it will get quite sweaty if you're taking Chelsea, if you're needing Chelsea to win this game, you're needing under four and a half goals, and you're needing Palace to cover a plus 1.5 handicap at plus money. Take the more safer play. Lay the juice on the plus two with the under four and a half here for Chelsea to win at the same time. So Chelsea and under four and a half goals is the main lean here for this one and what I think will be a difficult afternoon for Chelsea where I think they will fail to convince don't be surprised if this is a game that goes in at halftime nil nil with Crystal Palace managing to restrain Chelsea and Chelsea finding that moment of quality in the second half to start with a win up next we look at Leicester versus Wolves here where Leicester are available at seven to ten to open with a win here it's 14 to five to draw and it's 17 to four on Wolves Wolves are going to be interesting this season because they don't have Nuno Espírito Santo, plus they've lost a few players as well. This is a team that lost uh, sorry that, that scored just 36 goals in the Premier League last season. Now that's going to be worrying for them. I understand Raul Jimenez was out with a with a skull fracture, but Raul Jimenez is now back, but he's coming back also from a skull fracture. So it's difficult to know what kind of Raul Jimenez we're going to have. Is he going to be the automatic goal scorer that takes Wolves from a team that scores 36 goals in a season to Wolves being a team that score over 50 goals in a season which completely changes a load of their results and puts them in the top half of the table. That's going to be key. Plus, how much are they going to lose from losing the goalkeeper? Patricio who's one of the top keepers in the league and the manager Nuno Spirita Santo that got Wolves into the Premier League and established them as a Premier League team that we're not even talking about as relegation contenders at the moment. That's all down Down to him, he's now managing Tottenham. Uh, Leicester started last season with three consecutive wins, scoring 12 goals in the process. And Harvey Barnes, who I've singled out here, has scored in three of his last five appearances, and that was before he was injured in February. He's back now. He's played in pre-season. Uh, Wolves have actually lost uh, their last three Premier League matches coming into this, including that Man United's second team beat them on the final day last season. And uh, Leicester have lost only one of their last six Premier League meetings with this opponent. Again, that is more significant data that I like to look at. Looking at this Leicester team, is very, very strong. Um, Schmeichel, Amati, Sionku, Bertrand, Ndidi, Tillemans, iozi Perez, James Madison, Harvey Barnes, Jamie Vardy. It's a strong team. It's very much similar to the team. In fact, I believe... And I'm, not, and I'm not checking this officially here. I do think this may be the same team that started at the Community Shield. And give or take one or two players, the same team that beat Villarreal a few games before that. So this is a Leicester team that are fully in their groove. They're a top team, a, a top half team, a top six team even, um, that, that are actually fully fit. We're not got the question marks about loads of players going to the Euros and, and how much game time have they had and how fit are they going to be. Leicester are fit. Leicester are ready. Leicester looked better than Manchester City in large periods last week. Leicester have beaten Villarreal en route to this uh, Premier League start. They beat them in the pre-season. This team have played together for the last couple of games. So they're ready. They're ready to go. Question marks about Wolves. I'm going to take Leicester here to win this game at the nice price of 7-10 to 10 here in this one. Up next, we've got Watford versus Aston Villa, where Watford are 23-10 on the dogs. 23-10 also on the draw, and it's 5-4 here on Villa. I like Aston Villa here as a pick, which is available at 4-6, so this pushes if it's a draw. Just don't see Watford starting with a win here. Aston Villa are a very established Premier League club, and they've strengthened with the loss of Jack Greenish. Now, it may take some time for these players to gel, but you look at the quality on the pitch here, especially with how solid um, Villa are looking defensively, I just cannot see how Watford win this game. Well, Watford were not prolific goal scorers in the, in the league last year. They came up, Yes, but they had deficiencies in attack. Four sides scored more than them in the, Champions, in the championship last season. Um, although saying that both teams have scored in nine of Villa's last 10 Premier League games. But how much do you weigh into that data when it's data from the end of last season when Villa really had nothing to play for? Uh, Watford are unbeaten at home since the start of February Um, Villa have signed Danny Ings a guy who has scored 34 Premier League goals across his last two seasons and bearing in mind Danny Ings gets injured a lot that is a very very decent return Um, worryingly this Villa team have failed to keep a clean sheet in 13 of the last 16 Premier League games and Villa have won but Villa have won with both teams scoring in their last two Premier League games and um, that would be what I expect here I would expect Watford to get a goal in this game Um, give their supporters something to cheer about, see themselves welcomed into the Premier League. But I just think Villa would have too much quality when we're looking at these these signings that they've made with Bandia coming in, Danny Ings in his team, Ashley Young's signing's gone under the radar. You've got Tyrone Mings at the back with Conza. that's solid. Martinez, who's just come off winning the Copa America with Argentina, he's going to be full of confidence. He's established himself as one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. It makes it so difficult for me to, to make a case here for, for Watford starting with a win. Against a Villa team, I'm very, very high on this season. So, I'm going to take Aston Villa as a pick here to to start with a win here against newly promoted Watford here in this one. Up next, we got Liverpool versus Norwich City. Liverpool travelling to Norwich in this one. Sorry, uh, Norwich available at eight to one. It's nineteen to four on the draw, and it's one to three here on Liverpool. Nice game for Liverpool to start with here. Um, I think Norwich City are a team are really going to struggle in the league this season. I think we're going to see some goals in this one. This fixture always, always delivers goals. There have been 40 goals scored in the last eight meetings between these clubs, with six of them actually going over three and a half goals. Liverpool have won the last five Premier League matches, scoring 13 goals in the process. That's why they're in the Champions League. At one point, it looked like a complete failure of a season. One of the worst Premier League defences ever. And because of that run by Liverpool and because of the poor run by Leicester that, that coincided with it, Liverpool are in the Champions League. Each of Norwich's last three games last season featured at least four goals. Um, If they're going to go toe-to-toe with Liverpool here, they're going to have a horrible afternoon. Liverpool to win and both teams to score has actually been a play that's cashed in four of the last six meetings with Norwich. And six of the last eight Premier League meetings between these two sides have actually featured goals at both ends. So Norwich could score here, but I'm pretty sure Liverpool will be able to score at will when you 're looking at these forty goals scored across the last eight meetings that 's an average of five a game, so getting the over three and a half goals here at plus money does represent some some solid value you 're getting it here at around about thirteen to eight that is very very big, and even the over two and a half goals here being priced up at three to five. That's big as well. That gives you a lot of value. It's very difficult for me to make a case for this to be a cagey game where Liverpool nick it. So I'm expecting goals here in this one. Uh, I'm expecting uh, Liverpool to start off with a win in a game that has a lot of goals and we're immediately going to see why Norwich City are joint favourites to be relegated this season. Last time in the Premier League they did abysmally with just 21 points. It wouldn't surprise me to, to see something similar. I think they'll be competitive here, at least in this opening game. They'll have the home support in front of them. But I think that will encourage them to to come forward and not sit back and defend and soak up pressure from Liverpool. The expectation will be that you're champions, you're champions of the championship. You need to come forward. You need to take this game by the scruff of the neck. And that's what we saw last year when Leeds debuted in the league, when they played out a 4-3 game here with Liverpool on the opening day of last season. I expect something similar here with Norwich um, deciding to attack But Liverpool have just got too much firepower here. Expect them to start well. Uh, Salah and Mane. Salah in particular, I think, is going to have a very good season. He's someone you should be looking at for Fantasy Premier League. And uh, Liverpool here will start off with a win in a game that will feature goals. So I like over two and a half goals. I like Liverpool tacked on with the over two and a half goals. That gives you 10 to 11 here for this game. Moving on to the two games on Sunday. Begin with Newcastle at home to West Ham. Newcastle are available here at 11 to 5. It's 5 to 2 on the draw and it's 6 to 5 on West Ham. West Ham being 6 to 5 favourites on the road, travelling to Newcastle obviously shows They've carried over a little bit of favour from last season. One thing they haven't carried over from last season is Jesse Lingard. He was key in terms of maintaining what West Ham did at the start of the season. I think this is going to be a difficult game here. I like Newcastle on the double chance. Fans coming back to St. James's Park. Newcastle is a foot- City. This is a big football club, despite the fact that their results haven't shown that and the players they have haven't shown that and the investment by Mike Ashley, who's a notorious tight ass that needs to get out of the club so Newcastle can go forward and and get to where they need to be, which is a top half Premier League club. That's what Newcastle should be. But the investment isn't there but they do have some solid players. You would almost look at the two teams and think they're pretty equal. But the, the history of Newcastle dictates that they are going to be a bottom half club. They should be doing better than that. They are two or three signings away from doing better than that. I don't see a club that are going to be a relegation club this season. I see Newcastle getting some good results at home. St. James's Park is a difficult place to go to when 40,000 hardcore fans are cheering you. Look, Newcastle and United sell games out immediately. Liverpool sell games out immediately. Manchester United sell games out immediately. Manchester City don't. There are just some football clubs in the Premier League here that have an amazing, passionate fan base that make a difference. Leeds are another one. And Newcastle are one of those teams. And this is a difficult trip for for West Ham. And getting Newcastle here at 4-6... to six, to avoid a defeat in their opening game here at St James's Park against a West Ham team that definitely overachieved last season. I think that has to be the play here on this one. So Newcastle on the double-chance market to avoid a defeat will be the play here for this one. Final game and the game of the week, a game I'll be going to on Sunday, is Tottenham versus Manchester City. Tottenham are available here at 9-2. to It's 16-5 to here on the draw. And it's four to seven here on Manchester City to start with a win. I think this could be a more difficult game than people are anticipating for Manchester City. Obviously, the expectation here is that Manchester City just go here and win like they usually do um, against Tottenham and against Arsenal. And and basically, whenever Manchester City step foot in London, they leave London with three points. But I think this is a difficult start for them. Tottenham, in the games that I've been to see them across pre-season, have looked pretty fit and ready for this season. Um, They also are managing to play most of their first team. We saw who Manchester City played last weekend in the, in the Community Shield. That wasn't a full-strength Manchester City team, and they got beaten by by Leicester. They haven't had a game since then, and suddenly they're going to bring in a whole load of players who are going to impact this game. For starters, Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden are out. Obviously, you have Jack Grealish now in ready to start, Jack Grealish and Mares and, and whoever you play as your striker, whether it be Fernand Torres, Jesus, whether you play Sterling as a, as a false nine. And they're going to be able to do a job for you. And Manchester City are going to look, put out a team here that looks good on paper. But I think this is a very difficult game against Tottenham with a new manager and the Tottenham team that are fully fit here in this one. Um, my play is actually going to be for, for both teams to score. I think both teams will find a net here in this game. I see Tottenham penetrating this team with or without Harry Kane. Um, so I'm going to go both teams to score. Yes, which is available at 10 to 11, 10 to 11, yes, 10 to 11, no, I'm going to go for yes at 10 to 11, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Tottenham getting something out of this game, I'm not going to go as far as thinking, uh, or saying that I fancy Tottenham as an underdog, because there's a lot, of bench players from Manchester City that can make an impact if they are in a sticky position I don't know if these players are fit enough to play 90 minutes but I'm pretty sure they're fit enough to to play 60 minutes and the bench players are pretty fit enough pretty much fit enough to make an impact for 30 minutes so inevitably I think Manchester City whatever the situation is will get something from this game and they may even win this game I may be proven completely wrong but I would rather be playing someone else than a Tottenham team with a lot of quality under new management who have a better fitness than you here if I'm Manchester City so that's, that's That's what I'm saying. Uh, A difficult Super Sunday here for Manchester City to start with. And I'm going to go for both teams to score in this one, which is available at 10 to 11, um, with a little lean on Tottenham to get something from this game. So Tottenham on the double chance market does appeal to me. And that one is available at 13 to 10, from what I can see here for this game. Closing out, we're going to bring back the lock dog and the parlay. Bear in mind, the lock is the only official play that's the only official one unit play i'm saying that for lockbetting.com clients but we're going to bring it back by popular demand lock dog and parlay starting off with the lock I'm going to be a little bit conservative here because I do want to land the, the lock on the opening show. And I'm going to just take the over two and a half goals here for Liverpool and Norwich. A game that has historically produced a lot of fixtures. Plus, if you look at Liverpool's opening day games for the last five years, they've all gone over. 2016, 4-3 against Arsenal. A 3-0 against Watford in 2017. A 4-0 against West Ham in 2018. A 4-1 against Norwich in 2019. And a 4-3 last year. Liverpool are the opening day entity so I'm going to go for over two and a half goals in that game. As for the parlay, I'm going to take a pick-pick parlay here that pays out at even money. Everton 1-2 to two and Leicester 1-3. to three. Those games push. If any of them get a draw, they lose if any of them lose. So Everton as a pick and Leicester as a pick will be your parlay for this week. As for the dog, not much that sticks out for underdogs this week, so I'm going to go against my own team here. I'm going to take... Man U and Leeds to play out a draw. Very difficult game for Man U. I think that a draw could be possible. And that's available at 7-2 to 2 here in this one. So, they are all your picks for the week. That concludes your first EPL show of the 2021-22 season. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.